the facts that came out, or the, the spe- speculation, let me call them, that came out about this guy, Lee Harvey Oswald, they said he was, you know, the lone nut who killed President Kennedy. I, I've frankly never been sure that that's true. But what they said about him was he was a 24-year-old ex-Marine. And I was a 24-year-old ex-Marine at the time, and I thought, oh my God, there's something striking to me about this. Hey there, I'm Ed Begley Jr., and I'm willing to do anything to help the planet. I fit my trash in a glove compartment, I recycle denim to insulate my house, and I love my wife. And I am Rochelle Carson Begley, and I prefer to wear my denim, especially when someone is too cheap to turn on the heater. And I love Ed. In this week's episode of Begley Asked, actor and activist Mike Farrell gives us some surprising information about how he started as a Marine and how he got the job on MASH. Very interesting stuff I had never known. Actually, he doesn't even like to be called an activist. He would rather be called a citizen. He's a citizen, that's That's right. Begley Ask and the following message is brought to you by Wonder Capital. You know, if you can't afford a big solar array like I have, you can still promote solar and put more solar power out there. How? With a great organization that we work with at Wonder Capital, allowing individuals to invest in solar projects. And you can earn up to 8.5% annually while diversifying your portfolio and combating global climate change. So create an account at wondercapital.com slash Begley. Wonder Capital, do well and do good. That's W-U-N-D-E-R Capital with an A, C-A-P-I-T-A-L dot com slash Begley. All right, we're back with another episode of Begley Ask, and we're very glad you're joining us again today. But before we start, we want to give you a little bit of inspiration. A lot of times people think, I'm just one person. How much of an impact can I really make? Well, today's guest is a prime example of how one person's effort can make a difference and has given him real meaning in his life. And some of our listeners have already taken steps towards helping the world and helping their happiness. Remember Dan from Texas? He said, y'all made my week. Thank you so much for the charity ideas. Waterkeeper Alliance is going to be my March charity donation. And I had to do a Southern accent because I am from the South. So I don't know if that sounded Southern, did it? Anyway, thanks. That is awesome, Dan. Keep up the good work. Also, you might have missed it, but World Wildlife Day was on March 3rd. We asked what you were going to do to help our planet's animals, and at Chicken Duck Pod tweeted, We filled our bird feeders today. Great job. The birds will appreciate that very, very much. And you know, last week we had our friend, our actress friend, Beth Grant, and we talked about leading a purpose-filled life. And we want to know, what is one thing you've done this week that fulfills you? What is one thing you want to do and will do. So let us know on Facebook or Twitter or at Begley Ask. We can also be reached by email, begleyesk at gmail.com. That's B-E-G-L-E-Y-E-S-Q-U-E at gmail.com. Don't forget, subscribe on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Today you're in for a real treat because our friend, actor, producer, author, playwright, and activist Mike Farrell is with us today. You probably know him as B.J. Honeycutt on the hit show MASH, but he's also been in Desperate Housewives, Memorial Day, Vanishing Act, Providence. Safe to say he's had a long career in acting, but he's also had an equally long career in activism, which is one of the many things I admire him for. Thank you, Mike, for coming. Yes, thank you very much for walking the whole half a block to our house. (laughs) Mike Mike is our lovely, wonderful neighbor now. Yes, it's a thrill to have you in the neighborhood. We love (laughs) it here. Happy to have you here. It's so beautiful. This is a great street. It's there's so many wonderful mature trees here, and mm. uh, 
It's near the LA River. It's it's nice in just about any way I can think of. Not a lot of traffic here. People are walking down the middle yep. of the street happily. Yeah, no sidewalks. I know. I, I like it. it. Isn't that great? But it's very what they cool. do have is dogs, and oh, yeah. you provide. <laughs> you are the above and beyond. Above Talk and about beyond. a good neighbor. He's got a trash can for the dog walkers. That's all I'll say about that. Yeah. The, the neighborhood dog crap collector. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm sure you got tired of them putting it God knows well, where. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Uh, we had a couple of neighbors who came up with the idea and I said that sounds you know they provided the bags and I provided the can and we're doing great see work very well yeah. you're, you're a such a giver Mike a you, you are, are. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you know recently we had an election and you were very very instrumental in the prop in California prop 62 mm-hmm uh, can you explain what that was about? Sure, but first I ought to demur. I'm really not a playwright. I do, so the, I do Dr. Keeling's Curve, but I didn't write it. I, I, I helped um, George Shea, who is the author, so I should be... You're a playwright helper. Pl- playwright aide, yes. yes. <laughs> and this is how bad I'm on. Wow, he's a playwright. I just read what's on the page. A typical actor. <laughs> yeah. We'll but get if to you our would, research people. Heads if you had said you were a playwright, I, I would have bought that. it. Oh, no yeah. way. I mean, plays. he's yeah, a yeah. renaissance Did man. you see that play, by the way, Keeling's Curve, Dr. No. Keeling's Curve? It's, he's so good. Are you going to do it again? I hope so. Yeah, I hope sure. so. Yeah. It's so wonderful. It's yeah. about the guy who discovered the curve, the CO2 curve, the hockey stick, if wow. you will. Or yeah. The curve of where CO2 is going up since the Industrial Revolution and how right. it's affecting climate. And he predicted just what's happening now with climate change. Yeah, back he, was, in, he was really the pioneer in discovering the wow. impact of CO2. Was so, he in La Jolla? Where was he? Well, he did a lot of work at, in, at Scripps. Yeah. Scripps, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but he, was, he started in, um, at Caltech. That's right. He started. So, is this where Al Gore gets that his show from? It was one of the many, one of the main resources I think early on. And Hanson got a lot of his data from him. James Hanson at NASA, and Michael Mann and everybody defers to uh, Dr. Keeling, who started it all. So it's really. uh, I'll give you a DVD of the show if you want to see it. I love it. Yeah, no, it's it's a terrifically uh, informative and at the same time entertaining. Piece. Uh, it's wonderful. Well, that's yeah. what we try to do with this show. Informative well, and at the same time entertaining. Well, right, good. Eddie? That's cool. <laughs> I provide the information. You provide the entertainment. <laughs> well, isn't that great in your life that, you know, you can meld your art with your with Oh, your I think activism. it's fabulous. I'm, I'm just thrilled and delighted that you guys are doing this. I'm also stunned by it because I'm so far behind in the world of technology. Well, that... anyone, uh, yeah, yes, <clears throat> they would be stunned that you still have a flip phone. But other than that. <laughs> yes, I love that you have that. No, that's recycling. <laughs> That's making technology last. I love that. That's what you use. That's really cool. I know. I mean, I have an iPhone, but I don't even. I don't know how to use it, so it doesn't. You know, I oh, yeah. mean, a few things. It's yeah. a distraction. So you aren't going to be accused of texting while Thank driving. Thank you very much. Okay. Or walking, for that but matter. You've always impressed me with your activism. Back when I did Mash in '79, Mike, you were so nice to me. You and Alan and everybody was so nice. And I then became aware of your activism with Central America back then. What mm. you were doing there. Now, what you've done over the years with death penalty focus. Yeah, that was the recent sex, uh, the 62 prop right. that we had on our ballot yep. here that did not pass. Did not, unfortunately, no. We did not end the death penalty, use the death penalty in California. But we're working on it, and it, it mm-hmm. will stop. I mean, we're going right. to, it's inevitable that people will finally come to the understanding that killing people doesn't really yeah, solve, solve anything. Yeah, solve the hard crime. And, no, uh, it doesn't really solve anything at all, and it's idea of killing people because you're mad because they kill people doesn't make sense at its very oh, core. God. Yeah, of course. 
killing people to show people that killing people is wrong. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, did, did it come close even? I think it was Yeah, well, we were, close. we were close. Not Actually, not quite as close as we came four years ago. Oh. We thought we'd do better. Well, and But, you know, we had the, a bit the of results a of this election yes, was uh, yes. were, yeah. uh, interesting yeah. times. Yeah, oh, boy, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, indeed. But that's why you're so but, vital. Uh, I still do a, spe- a lot of speaking about it. I was in New Hampshire the day before yesterday speaking um, on the issue because New Hampshire is considering uh, taking down the death penalty there. And it's really got to be done on a state-by-state basis, right. I think. Today, yeah. particularly today, given what the new president will do with the Supreme Court, right? it's really going to be an issue of the states. Um, and um, right. and we're winning that battle slowly, but winning it. I think you'll prevail over time. What started your activism years ago? What made you get so involved so many years ago, Mike? Tough question, Ed. You know, I uh, John Kennedy was the first president I was old enough to vote for. Right. And he was my hero. I was driving all over Orange County as a process server and uh, assistant private detective. Before you <laughs> I were didn't acting? Know this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Wow. In, uh, in 1963, just after having gotten married uh, to a teacher down there. And uh, I got word that my hero was dead. Yeah. Wow. And the facts that came out, or the, the spe- speculation, let me call them, that came out about this guy, Lee Harvey Oswald, they said he was, you know, the lone nut who killed President Kennedy. I, I've frankly never been sure that that's true. But what they said about him was he was a 24-year-old ex-Marine. And I was a 24-year-old ex-Marine at the time. And I mm. thought, oh, my God, there's something striking to me about this, that somebody my age, somebody with some of my experience, my background, could be even accused, whether he did it or not, could be even accused of such a thing. So. It riveted me, as it did a lot of us, to television for the next 48 hours. And I watched as um, Jack Ruby walked up and killed Lee Harvey Oswald mm. in a garage full of police officers. Right. Yeah. And I thought, wait a minute. There's, that can't have happened here right. in, this, in this country. Uh, you know, within two days, we've had this extraordinary series of events. So I began looking and looking. And then... Uh, Lyndon Johnson was sworn in as president. And I thought the media jumped aboard. They said, first of all, Jack Ruby was this man who was so grieved by the loss of President Kennedy and heartbroken for Jacqueline that he was driven to this act. And I thought, huh? A bar owner in mm-hmm. Dallas? is Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Likes Kennedy? So Yeah, right. <laughs> so... Looking, looking at that, and then looking at the media response, and the media just, just immediately started telling us everything's going to be fine. We're going to have the new president, and the new president is this wonderful statesman, this guy who's been around for ever. And I thought, six months ago, they were telling us Lyndon Johnson was a hick from Texas, who was, you know, irresponsible and rotten to the core, and the Kennedys had no use for him. Now suddenly, he's America's great statesman. And I thought, well, you know, I'm being patted on the head here. I'm being told what to feel and what to think, and everything's going to be fine. And that stinks. I just don't like that feeling. So I just started looking uh, into things and reading, and uh, I met Mark Lane, a name you probably oh, know. Oh, boy, sure, Mark yeah. Lane. Who's Mark Lane? Mark Lane is one of the first of the doubters about the, the truth of the Kennedy assassination. Oh. He wrote a number of books mm-hmm. um, on the subject. Mark just died uh, just last year. 
And I got involved with the formation of an organization. Um, there was an ad in one of the, the free press, remember the free press? I remember the free press, yeah. the LA free press. Got an ad in, in uh, entered an ad in that in that um, paper about people who aren't satisfied with the results of the, of the, the Warren, Warren Commission. Commission. Come and meet and talk. So we, a bunch of us met and talked, and we started an organization uh, called the Kennedy Assassination Truth Committee, which is a pretty lame title, but we couldn't think point. of anything else. To yeah, the point. With the idea of uh, lobbying on some level, whatever way we could as citizens, for a new public investigation of the, the assassination. And we got a copy of the Zapruder film, and we, you know, just did this whole thing. I used to go out and talk about them. And that was sort of on the heels of some personal discoveries I had made uh, in the process of growing up. And it made me what people call an activist mm -hmm. uh, today. You know, there's some people that think there's a conspiracy to keep us tied into fossil fuels, but you can combat that yourself by taking action and investing in Wonder Capital. Begliesk and the following message is brought to you by Wonder Capital. And what they do is allow you to have solar out there in the world, more solar panels, even if you don't have room for it on your house, they don't have the money to do it. So check out Wonder Capital. They're a great organization. You know, on this podcast, we're always talking about ways you can save the environment and save money. Well, what if you could help combat global climate change and make money at the same time? We want to introduce you to Wonder Capital. That's W-U-N-D-E-R Capital. They're the award-winning online investment platform that allows individuals to invest in solar energy projects across the U.S., diversifying your portfolio, curbing pollution, combating global climate change. In the first year alone, the solar projects that Wonder Capital helped to finance in 2016 will offset the CO2 emissions from 2,791,823 pounds of coal burned. And best of all, Wonder Capital doesn't take any fees for investing your money. Create an account for free at wondercapital.com slash Begley. That's W-U-N-D-E-R capital.com slash Begley. Wonder Capital, do well and do good. Mike, you've certainly done well. You've prospered as an actor and as a citizen, and you've been doing good. Yeah. You know, I got a little bit involved with helping the Black Panthers. I got a little bit involved with the Brown Revolution and the gay rights revolutions and the, uh, you name it. Women's Revolution. Yeah, well, yeah, I was going about yeah, to say. Sure. Yeah, sure. Didn't you do some work uh, on behalf of uh, the people of Central America as well? Oh, I did, sure. Yes. I was in Central America a lot in the early 80s. Um, I was approached by a, a refugee aid organization after I started doing MASH. You know, right. the, the stuff I was doing prior to MASH, you know, I was, I was invited down to this, the, I guess it was a sports arena then, when Stan Scheinbaum and Norman Lear had put on the big event for the defense fund for Daniel Ellsberg right. after the war. You know, I we'd remember been, that, yes. We'd been involved in protests against the war, and they asked me to come down. And I was uh, at that time, I was doing a show with Tony Quinn, The Man in the City at ABC, mm. uh, a, t a TV series that lasted, yes. lasted only one season. <laughs> I think I remember that, yes, yes. It was... It was you know, one of those things. I'd been doing a soap in late 60s. I got um, a job on the interns with Brad Crawford in 1970, I guess it was. And that lasted one year. And after that was over, I got this request to come if I would come and meet the people about the possibility of working with Anthony Quinn. And I thought, are you kidding me? Sign me <laughs> up. The work, work with Anthony Quinn, I will Zorba, crawl Quinn, the Eskimo, yeah. you name it. Oh, man. So uh, I did that show. And I got a call to come down to the um, sports, uh, sports arena, I think it was, 
to for this fundraiser, big fundraiser. And I was, gee, I was juiced, yeah. You know, nobody knew who I was. Why would they care? But mm-hmm. I'm happy to be there. Well, it turns out that they were hoping I could bring Tony with me. Oh. <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah. Oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. So I said, and you know, I'm sorry, Tony. I had asked him, of course, but he said, no, he couldn't. He was busy. So I went down there and I did that. And I met a lot of people, Jane and Fonda and Don Sutherland and, you know, a lot of the people who were involved in a lot of things those days, as we all, most of us were, I think. And, uh, you know, these things take on their own energy. They, they, yes. they, they, you meet people, you hear about things. That was before MASH, but uh, when MASH happened, suddenly uh, instead of a guy standing on a corner holding a sign saying, don't eat grapes or... Mm-hmm. Right, know, right. I became a, what they call a star, and I was a star of a show that was gigantic in terms of the audience reaction, yes. in terms of the publicity that it garnered. So that led to... Uh, some people from a refugee aid agency asking if I would uh, help them get some more attention to their to their efforts. Concern is the name of the organization, and I did. I said sure, and I Dinah Shore. I'd been on her show a couple times, and she. I called her and I said, "Would you be willing to show the show this film that they? I watched the film. It's a very impressive and heartbreaking documentary about the plight of children in Asia, and." Um, she said, of course. And she said, if you'll be on the show. And, and I said, great, can I bring this little Irish priest who made the film with me? And <laughs> uh, she said, sure. So we did. And then, of course, these people, these wonderful people from this organization said, well, you know, you could be very helpful to us if you'd be willing to come and walk in our march for the hungry, march for the poor. I said, oh, sure. You know, I can do that. And next one thing leads to another, sure. doesn't it? You know. How did you go from okay? So back up. Yeah. Twenty-four years old. Yeah. Your hero has just been murdered. Mm. Well, murdered. Yes. Yes. Murdered. Murders. What and um, are you an actor at that point, or what are you? I doing? was a wannabe actor yeah, at that okay. point. Yeah. I was. Uh, I had done a little work uh, in the theater. I'd done a little work on commercials, um, and uh, I was just trying to get a job. You know. But once I got married, uh-huh. uh, my wife, Judy, at the time was a teacher at Laguna High, and I had to live down there. So it kind of cut me away from the business. You try to... It's pretty, you, but you, it's yeah, a little far. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You try to maintain, and you can't. And I, I had been working as a process server. You know, as an actor, you know you have to yes, have indeed. a job where you can make your own time. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> a podcast? You can't, yeah. Okay. Right. No. No. <laughs> So um, I agreed to take over the Orange County work for this private investigator in Los Angeles, and that involved uh, doing work for a PI and and also serving process and working with attorneys and doing all that stuff. And I was doing that there for three years, I guess. And finally, I said, I just I just have to go back and give it a try. What I was doing there was working in Laguna Playhouse, uh, oh, okay. which was a wonderful theater, right. little tiny theater down there, but. We had a great time working mm-hmm. and doing great shows and stuff. But, of course, that just made it more important for me to give it a try in the biz, as they say. So I sold my portion of the business and came up here and started knocking on doors and got an agent and got into a workshop and tried to do a play and did this and did that. And finally, little by little, you know, things yeah. started to happen. 
That's good. And then, I mean, I guess MASH would be considered your big break, right? It would certainly be for me, yeah. I mean, there have been a lot of breaks along the way. Right. God, the first job, you know? Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Everything's a, a break, and, isn't it? And then it? the second job. I know, it's <laughs> yes. always a miracle. You know, I've done a couple television series, and uh, even when I finished The Interns, we only did a year on that show, but I worked with Broderick Crawford. You know, wow. That's so great. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and, and then on the soap, I was working with McDonald Carey oh. and Franny Reed. I mean, you know, really... Real, real veterans, really extraordinary people. Just grateful to be working. Yeah, and, and I was thrilled. Are you kidding? I right. was just delighted to be working and making money and working with wonderful people and learning in the process. And it was fabulous. But can, I wanted, always, always wanted to ask you this about MASH. You took over for an existing, in an existing character. Correct. Which is really doesn't happen in prime time. It happens on soaps all the time. Yep. So how... One, how did it feel or how did you do it? Because it was there any, I'm sure you asked probably this all the time, except mm. I've never heard it. So, <laughs> and since it's my house. Well, yeah, no, it's, it's um, odd. Bert Metcalf was a casting director at Universal when I was mm-hmm. doing the show with Quinn. And uh, one day I saw him and we, we talked for a minute. He said, I'm leaving. I'm going over to 20th. I'm going to do this new show. And I said, oh, well, good luck. You know, it's great. I'm sorry to miss to lose you, but you're great. And there is a funny story. Under, under contract at Universal, which I was, you know, in order, I had to sign the contract with Universal, a seven-year contract. At, sure, I remember you know, those whatever, contracts. Oh boy. And I figured the show with Quinn is not going to last too long because he's just too big for television, and I was right. And I thought, when that show is over, they'll just drop me. But they didn't, so I remained under contract. And they put me in this show, and they wanted me to do that show. And I became Peck's bad boy at Universal because I wouldn't do some of the shows. And they said, well, you're under contract. <laughs> we had a, a meeting. My agent and I went into this meeting. They demanded that I show up. And then we went in and they said, Mike doesn't have script approval in his contract. And Phil, my agent, said, but you send him the scripts before he used to do these shows, right? And they said, Yes. And he said, and if he doesn't want to do it, he just tells you he doesn't want to do it, right? And they said, yes, but he can't do that. <laughs> and they said, and we said, well, but he does do that, yes. <laughs> and they said, yes. But well, then we won't pay him. He'll have to go on suspension. And I said, fine. Until you need me for something else, I'll go on suspension. I just don't want to do, you know, some of this crap. God bless you. Really? And, and, Courageous uh, even well, then. Well, yeah, you know, it, it was just, it was funny because they had this, absolute sense that whatever you said they would sort of fold and you know they'd roll over and just say pat you on the head and you go do go go be a nice boy so um at one of those points i got a script and by this time i had seen an episode of mash and i was thunderstruck by it there was there was a scene gary Berghoff playing radar yes gary this innocent kid totally at sea, trying to figure out how to maintain himself in this extraordinarily complex place with this war going on. And I was so knocked out by it. I just thought, you know, that's a show about something. That's what you want to do. So this guy sent me a script, and he said, "Uh, I'd like you to be the lead in my new series here at Universal. And it was, I think it was called Larry. And I read it, and it was just one of those joke shows. It had no nothing but gags. Right. It, nothing, it wasn't about anything. So I went in, and I said, geez, thank you very much, but it, I don't think this is for me. And he said, you're turning down the lead in a new television series? And I said, 
yeah, I didn't want to tell him. I thought his show was stupid. Yeah. I just said, yeah, I'm afraid I am. And he said, why? And I said, well, it's not MASH. And he looked at me and I said, I, I just mean, it's, MASH is about something. This is not about something. And that's, that's what I want to do. Well, a year later, my agent called and he said, uh, word is Wayne Rogers is having contractual difficulties. Would uh, And 20th called and wanted to know if you'd be interested in coming in to meet about the possibility of replacing him if he leaves. Hmm. And I said, would I? Can I? I'm under contract. He said, and we'll worry about that later. Just Wow. Yeah. So I said, sure. So I went in and I met with Larry and Gene uh, and Bert Metcalf. Bert Metcalf. Yeah, who this old friend casting director. And we talked, and it was just, you know, God, it was like coming home. It was so wonderful to meet these wonderful, decent, thoughtful guys. And they were very clear. They said, look, if we can work out the contract with Wayne, he's staying, and this is, and so this is all on the come. And I said, I understand. Believe me, I understand. <laughs> but it would be fabulous. I said, the one thing I would not want to do is be Trapper John, is step into Wayne's character. I said, I think that's really a non-starter and they agreed they said no 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 that's right in the military people transfer out people die whatever we, we have a new character in mind his name is bj honeycutt and he's going to be married and he's going to have a baby so he won't be the womanizer like trapper and and, and hawkeye are. how does that sound to you i said <laughs> it sounds wonderful <laughs> yeah. may, I, may i say you mean you, you you're talking about somebody modeling fidelity on Television, <laughs> right? <laughs> and they, they laughed. We we had a great time talking about it. Anyway, so I went away, and uh, oh God, it was just a week or so later. They called and said, uh, uh, my agent called and said, would would you be willing to do a screen test? He, they said not because of your talent. They want to see the chemistry with Alan, and they've got two other actors that they want to do. Do you tests. know who the other actors were? Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> One of them, Alan Fudge. Sure. Alan Fudge was a wonderful guy. Wonderful. Wonderful actor. Yes. The other was Jamie Cromwell. Oh, Jamie. Our dear friend Jamie. Jamie. Yes, indeed. We were up for a lot of the same parts, me yeah. and Jamie, for years. We'd yeah. be in the room together. I know. I know. Waiting the Jamie too. and I were in acting class with Gene. Oh, no so kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. class together. Yeah, Gene did that class for a long yeah. time. I don't know if he still does it. No, Milton no, passed, yeah. and so Milton Katsalas. We were in class. Oh, Katsalas, so, right, right, yeah, right. Gotcha. It was, gotcha. Oh, Gene was part of the class. Gene was part of the gotcha, class. Gotcha, I mean, gotcha. I don't know what he did, but he was yeah. in the class. Yeah. Anyway, so I went in, did this test. Uh, a little later, my agent called and said, you got the job. Wow. Man. What a life-changing oh, moment Oh, my that God. Is. Can you imagine? Just, uh, it, it's like lightning striking. Alan called me immediately after, wanted to know if I'd have dinner with him that night, which wow. we did. We sat and talked for hours and hours oh, about the show we and about the possibility and about, oh, it was just fabulous. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, never looked back. But. Yeah. How many seasons was it? I was there for eight years. It was on for 11. 11. Yeah. Wow. I did one in 79. You guys couldn't have been nicer to some young kid coming in oh. for a few days. You guys were great to me and all the guest stars. And I worked with Gene and Bert Metcalf and all of them and Larry Gelbard on Rollout. They did that oh, kind no of kidding. a World War II Red Ball Express right, thing right, right. with yes, Stu yeah. Gilliam and Hilly Hicks. It only lasted 13 episodes, right. but they were doing a 
mash kind of a thing in right. World War II right. instead of Korea. Was was Larry part of that too? I didn't realize He was. That. Oh, that's great. He, he was, was boy, a, wasn't he wonderful? Amazing. Just what wonderful. a writer. Oh my God. What a great guy. What oh, a funny man. Fabulous, fabulous. Larry Gelbart, the great Larry oh, Gelbart wrote yeah, Tootsie yeah. and wrote. I know Larry. Remember you know. he was the one who said to me, he said, because I've met him on numerous occasions, Larry Gelbart, and he would say to me, you have to have a picture of your husband on your lapel if you're not a star <laughs> in this town. That's so I'm like, that's you know funny. what, Larry? You're absolutely correct. That is, I he got don't. Got his laugh though. I his, do yeah. not take it personally. Must feel funny. Although it was, and I knew his daughter Kathy and his mm. son, and yeah. Remember was, Mastergate? Did you oh ever God. see his play? I never oh, saw it, but it was I funny. read it. I it did funny. it. I wound up doing it. Oh, how for great. TV. I didn't how do the great. stage version, but uh, we saw it, didn't we? We, we saw, saw the, something. We he saw did. the play, and then we. Then Bruno and I and a bunch of other people and David Ogden Steers, uh, Styers, I should say, mm. uh, did uh, Mastergate when they did it uh, for Showtime or somebody. I can't remember. Oh, that's great. Now, he did replace someone, didn't he? Yeah. David, David literally, sure. yeah, David came that was in. the same uh, character. No. No, it wasn't. No, 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 no. It was, uh, they didn't do a bewitch on that show. <laughs> Larry, <laughs> Linville, Larry Linville played Frank Burns, right, who was right. the sort of yeah, was awesome. old, old ferret face. Mm-hmm. And he got, you know, he, he got painted into a corner. I mean, Larry, yeah. Frank was, went to the point that he was almost psychotic. And we said, you know, <laughs> we said, you can't keep making fun of a crazy person. Right, and, right, and they right. said, yeah, I know. And Larry said, we got to find another way to go. And he opted out and they brought in uh, David, who I just thought was brilliant. Oh, yeah. God, so wonderful. Was, oh, my God. I did a movie with him. What yeah. a wonderful guy. A terrific man and incredibly talented. David was the, I think of the cast, he was the uh, the best trained actor. He'd been through all the... Well, he's he a conductor like as well, it. isn't he? Conductor, right? He's of, really a, a conductor of what? A conductor of music. Oh, yeah, yes. not, not a, a trainer. Train. No, no, no. That's no. where she went with it. Conductor, can I get a half fare for my daughter? Can you give me a bunch of tickets to punch him in advance? Listen, I've had so many jobs in my life. Yeah, and, well, you know, I get I it. Could... <laughs> yeah, no, he's a... David, God, David always used to tease me because I had... I, I really have no... What, didn't come up with an appreciation of, of, of classical music. Mm-hmm. And David used to bring me these... Um, uh, uh, DVDs or whatever they were then. CDs, and little, yeah. he'd, he'd bring me a little thing and he'd put these a things in my ears. To listen to this one. And I'd say, oh, this is nice, David. He'd say, nice, nice. It's not nice. It's wonderful. It's, this, <laughs> it's Neville Mariner <laughs> says Martin in the Fields right, Orchestra. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Doing the pastoral Beethoven. One, my God. One, one day he came in. Okay, he said, listen to this. And he put this thing on my ears and I sat there and he came back and there were tears <laughs> running down my face. And he said, aha, <laughs> gotcha. I've got you now. Yes. Oh, lovely. Now, where are you from? Where did where'd you grow up? I grew up right here. I grew up in West Hollywood. West Hollywood? West Hollywood. When you grew I was, up in Van Nuys. Did you really? Yeah, with a couple yeah, yeah. of natives. Yeah. Rare. I was, I was born in St. Paul, Minnesota, but my folks moved here when I was two. So yeah, I consider myself a naturalized Californian. Yes. That's right. You are. And did you go to like Hollywood High? Hollywood or High, Bancroft oh, Junior High, West West Hollywood Grammar School, the whole thing with with Natalie Wood, with Natasha Gurdon. That's wow. right. Wow. At at, uh, at West Hollywood, yeah. She's of Russian descent, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. Wow. What a beautiful woman she is. Oh was. my God, I had such a crush on her. In, Me too. What third grade? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah. The woman even then had a plum. She. Uh, we were standing in line at some place, um, going in or out of school or something. And one of the girls in front of me turned to N- Natalie and said, Natalie, 
Mike likes you. <laughs> and she turned to me and she said, why, Mike? Why didn't you ever tell me? <laughs> thought, Was it too late now? Oh, I'm going to die right now. I yeah. think I turned around and ran. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> oh what it could have been. Yeah. Oh, God. But now you're married to the beautiful Shelley Fabre. I am indeed. So. Happiest man in the world. Yeah, yeah. She's, a, she's amazing, Shelley. She's so great. Well, we love I mean, her. If you just look at her, you just know instantly because her hair is like a multicolored pink. And <laughs> yeah. This girl, this woman, she's not a girl, uh, yeah. has a core that's funny and off and, you know, and just wants to bring a smile to your face. Absolutely. I was telling her last night, when she walks into a room, the energy moves. Up. It does. It's true. It just lifts everybody around. It's really wonderful. I know. Now, you also not only, you know, acted in... I mean, I was in Providence, by the way. You don't remember me I'm because sorry. we didn't have a scene together. Okay. But um, I was in it. We didn't have scenes together. No, that's either. right. John Hamm was in it. We didn't have scenes together either. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm in good company. Um, but you also produced, right? Mm-hmm. You produced. Yeah, very- a couple of well, a number of television movies, and then two features. One I'm proud of, and the other I won't disavow <laughs> because it made a lot of money. But uh, well, it made tell. a lot of money Do for tell. Universal anyway. Um, the the good one was a picture by the name of D- uh, Dominic and Eugene. I saw that. That was wonderful. Ray Liotta and yes. Jamie Lee Curtis and Tom Hulse. That was wonderful. That won awards. It was about um, a, a two brothers, two, a fraternal twin brothers in um, Pittsburgh, yeah. we decided, growing up alone because their mother had left a long time ago and the father had disappeared out of the scene. And they, one of them was slow. Mm-hmm. And one Tom was Hulse's a, character. Tom Hulse's character yeah. was slow. Oh, yes. Yes, that was wonderful. Oh, and he really, thank you. Ray, yeah. Ray took care of him, Ray right? was Ray was the right. caretaker brother. Yeah. He was a doctor, young doctor who had a career ahead of him. Everybody was moving him forward, and the big dilemma in the picture was: could he leave, or could he take could he take Nikki with him, or could he leave Nikki on his own? It was a, ah, God, it was a heartbreaking. Lovely picture. show. I remember really? it now. Yes, yeah, no, that, that was, was so big, good. I think there was some Academy Award nominations. There was a, a, Tom got a Golden Globes nomination. Mm. I don't think he, he okay. didn't get an Academy. You know, the Back problem. Back then, it was so, they didn't have small movies in the Academy Awards. You know what happened that year? Same year we were released, Rain Man was released. Oh, oh yeah. How do you compete with Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman and right, a picture right. with a, a big picture with a big studio guy behind it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But now, did you find the pro? The they come to you? You know, it's one of those things. Yeah, I, I got a letter from a guy when I was doing Mash who said, "I'm an ex-marine. I know you're an ex-marine. I've Jeez, written that marine this book." Paid off. And I did. Okay. He said, uh, "Nobody will even read this material, but I think it's a movie." Blah blah blah. So I said, "Look, if." I get a lot of stuff like this. If you'll send it and be patient, I'll read it when I have the chance, and um, we'll see. And uh, as you know, you get a lot of stuff when you're when you're doing a television series. And um, he sent me this tome. I thought, oh God Almighty! And I slogged my way through it. And I called, I wrote him back, and I said, look, you you really have talent as a writer, but this is not a movie. It's a book at best, and maybe if you make it into a book that it could conceivably, somebody could make a film out of it, but not now. So he wrote me back and he thanked me. He said, oh my, you know, you've paid attention and thank you. And and I said, well, if you ever have anything else, send it to me. And he sent me this thing that was the sort of bare bones of Dominic and Eugene. Mm. And I optioned it from him and 
nine years later, we we made it into a, nine a picture. Years. Nine Nothing years. Nothing happens this town no, quickly, does no, it? No. Nine years. No. See, they don't get it out there. They, you know, you. Yeah, everybody thinks, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah overnight. Got a picture. I'm going to nope. make a picture. Yeah. yeah. Got it to Mike Farrell. He'll uh, write a check to produce it tomorrow. <laughs> right. Same now, thing, what yeah. was the other one you didn't particularly like? It's called Patch Adams. Patch Adams oh, yes. with uh, our friend. Yeah, with Robin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, um, I should I should quickly say Patch is a friend of mine. Patch, I met Patch in the Soviet Union, and when there was a Soviet Union in 1985, I think Shelley and I went as part of a person to person, people to people peace group. Patch is a doctor. Yeah. yeah, and he's a very very radical left doctor. He wants to, medicine to be free. He wants to Don't build a free all? hospital. Yeah. And he's a wonderful, wonderful, crazy man. And I just fell in love with him. And some years later, uh, he contacted me and he said, I've written this uh, book and there's a prelude to it that is people have fallen for. And he said, I'm getting a lot of attention from Hollywood and I want you to make my movie. And I said, Patch, I, we're, we're a small company. We're not going to be able to get your movie made. You can't, you got big names coming after you. He said, yeah, but they meet me with limousines and they don't line. I don't want any of that crap. He said, I want to make this movie and I want you to do it. <laughs> and uh, I tried putting him off and finally he said, I said, look, if you want us to give it a try, we certainly will, but understand it just may not work. Well, Long and the short, Shelley was doing Coach at the time. Right. Barry Kemp, who was the writer-producer, right. Right. had a deal at Universal. Uh, I called Barry. I said, here's this thing. I think this guy is fabulous. Here's what we would like to do. Are you interested? And Barry signed up immediately. We took it to Universal. They said it was a terrific idea. We'll do it. It'll be the next, you know what. Then we started looking for it, it, the script. Uh, we needed a script. We got uh, Steve Oderkirk. Oh Who? yeah, sure. it's Bob's Bob's brother. brother? No, I don't. They, I don't. I don't know if they're related. They oh, spelled okay. it, They spelled her name differently. Oh, well, then oh, they okay. probably aren't. Anyway, Steve was a sweet young guy. He had done. A, he, we'd seen one script he had done, which was kind of a buddy movie that I, I thought was quite funny. He came in. We met. He got it. He thought they were terrific. He wrote the the idea was terrific. He wrote the script. He came back, and I said, "We need depth in this, Steve. It's you know you've written a lot of jokes. We need." something under the surface. Patch is really a guy mm-hmm. who's very, very committed politically, and he's, you don't have to write the politics, but you've got to show you know more than just the jokes. So he went back and he wrote it again, and then same thing. So we said, well, we need another writer, as sometimes happens. And uh, we were scouting around for another writer, and Universal wasn't sure that they wanted to keep playing the game. Then Steve called, and he said, I'm my friend, Tom Shadiak. Oh, is a big <laughs> deal at Universal. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he wants to do your picture. I think he would do your picture. And I said, well, Tom is doing the same kind of comedies that you're writing, and I'm not sure that's the sort of thing we need. And he said, uh, well, you know, let's run it by him and see what he thinks. So we had a meeting with Tom, and he um, he's very seductive. Uh, <laughs> He said, I get it. I understand. I'm not the, I haven't been directing the kinds of things you guys are talking about and looking for, but you can, you can count on me. My father I think, founded St. Jude's or something, and he said, I really know medicine. I believe in this. Let's do it. And the next thing we knew, the project was sort of taking off without us. 
Right. Uh, next thing we knew, Robin was signed, and I said, that's great. I think Robin can mm-hmm. be a wonderful actor, but he needs a director, mm-hmm. like all of us to do. To rein him in. Yeah. yeah. Then we found out Steve Odekirk was back on the script, and uh, I said, that's fine if we can get what we want out of him. And, and long story short, it was not a happy experience. Mm-hmm. Um, Robin was wonderful, but he wasn't directed as well as he should have been in my experience, in my estimation, and the script wasn't what it should have been. All the jokes were fine, but there's a whole other aspect of Patch that was never yeah, never, I don't. Never, I never, never surfaced. Saw it. I have to say, I never. Saw Robin it. can be wonderful. Look at Awakenings. What oh my God. Got out of him. Oh yeah. Or what Goodwill got Hunting. Out of him. He was a wonderful. Goodwill Hunting. Sure. He's a, no, he's, he's, he's a wonderful. He, actor. Exactly, and that's he needed a director. And yeah. Unfortunately, Steve was a traffic cop or something. Uh, so. I mean, this Tom, is the not way, Steve, Tom. This is the way of Hollywood. I mean, you just, there's so many voices and so many people, hands in the pie. Yeah, and it just becomes, I mean, we had some conversations with the Universal executives who gave us the lowdown on why they were doing what they were doing. Steve, uh, Tom had turned in movies that were making over $100 right. million dollars a year. And he's... Formulaic, kind of. He's yeah. just, he was their guy. And I said, you know... He's not our guy. He's yeah. not, isn't, this is not the picture we want to Didn't Tom make. retire like recently? <laughs> he's like out of the business or something. He I, made a lot yeah. of money. He is a lot Last of time money. I saw him, he came up to me and he said, I'm the guy you hate. And I said, I don't hate you, Tom. I just think you were out of your depth in that movie. And it didn't turn out to be the movie we wanted to make. That's all. But I will say, it made a lot of money for Universal. Uh, no money for Patch, which infuriates me. But it made Patch a world-renowned yes. figure. He now goes around the world speaking to people and raising money for his hospital, which he has broken ground on. Where is that? Where will that West Virginia. Be? Really? Yeah. Like in the coal mining area or something? Yeah, Just I whatever. Like, yeah, somewhere in rural West Virginia. But he's consistent with his beliefs. Absolutely. He's, he is, he's a giant of a man. Well, maybe I, there's I, I a patch, a too. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've talked about that, but unfortunately, oh, Universal yeah. owns that. Oh, so oh yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, yes. so it was not a great experience, but well, you, I'm you so live and grateful you learn. to have brought you back down memory lane, so that you can relive Thank you. that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I have a knack, don't I, honey? You do, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, but Dominique and Eugene is something that will live with me forever. Oh, it's a, I'm just so glad you reminded me of picture. that because I uh, want to see it again. Because that uh, was such. If anyone out there really should um, Netflix, I don't know where you find these. Do you go to Netflix now? Is that where you everything could start is? there? You might find it there. Sure, maybe I don't know because it was a you know, brilliant um, film. We 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 talked about Dr. Keeling's Curve at the top. Yes, um, uh, I did the Sedona Film Festival. They asked oh. me if I would come and do Dr. Keeling's Curve. Great, and I said sure, sure. and did it for an audience there but he said of your production history what what picture would you like to have us mm. show and I said if you can show Dominic and Eugene I will be there and explain everything that needs to be explained about it and we showed it and it held up beautifully I'll bet it did it really oh, ju- I remember it as being a fine, fine picture no I <clears> loved <throat> it I absolutely loved it yeah yeah well we have to pull that one up but so you know you have had a varied career um but i i'm more of a marine if i think of the three of us sitting here who would be the marine it would be me not you how did you become a marine that's so wild i grew up adoring admiring the marines i get you know my father was a very tough hard drinking two-fisted irishman who uh i felt 
that I never satisfied. I was never enough for him, mm-hmm. never good enough, never strong enough, and never whatever. So I figured the Marines would show him, although he died before I had a chance. Uh, he died when I was 17, So, oh. but the next year I joined the Marines, and uh, I figured the Marines, Marine Corps builds men, so maybe they'd make me one and mm. uh, put in my time. And What did you get out of the Marines that you can say, okay, that was worth doing it? I survived. Okay. Survived. I, and I'm not talking about combat. I survived Marine Corps <laughs> yeah. routine, Marine Corps basic training, Marine Corps, you know, right. attitude, Marine Corps BS. I was in uh, in Okinawa in the 3rd Marine Division. Oh, boy. Wow. Um, it's not something I would want to experience again, but and it was not something I would encourage young people to experience unless they need some discipline and some structure. experience, some structure in their lives. Then the service maybe makes sense, but there, it is such a um, a closed community, closed-minded mm-hmm. community in, in in too many instances. Um, so no, I, I was you know, it always knocks people out because I'm a peace activist, they, a marine who's a peace activist. But uh, well, there who are, better? There, well, there are there are a lot of marines who are peace I activists would imagine today. So. Yeah. Robert Burns, my friend. Uh, right, right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, it informed. It helped inform your incredible mash character. You know, it did PJ, indeed. Yeah, so yeah. It was. Uh, you know, there were only a couple of us who actually had been in the service who were playing the characters yeah. in the service. So it was interesting. But that's amazing. Yes, we all survive our childhood, however we do, and our. Our fathers, so we have three of us have some dynamic. Yeah, I was trying to do a lot of what I did as a teenager to impress my dad to get him to approve of you know things that I was yeah. attempting, and uh, he was he was a wonderful father in some ways, but very strict and very very hard on me. So that I think ultimately helped me because I was always trying to prove myself to him. And even after his death, he died when I was twenty. Your dad died when he was seventeen, right? Yeah. So I, for years, you know, was without even knowing it, trying to impress my dad still decades after he was gone. Absolutely. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You you know, as you say, you just don't walk away from those kinds of childhood uh, impressions. I I will never quite get over it. I'm I'm now to the place where I understand him a little better. Me too, um, with my dad. And uh, am able to forgive him for... Uh, right. What he made me feel because of who he was, and uh, to understand he had a father mm-hmm. and right. he had a mother. Same you know? with my dad. Right. Exactly. He did the best he could do yep. with what That's he was right. given. Yeah, my dad went right. out when he was younger. Well, he was—I don't know what age he was—but he went out to Montana to pick up the body of his father, who had died in a fight. Jeez. So, Whoa. and and then what he learned from that was men had to be fighters, and he was—he used to come home from the bar and slam the door and say, if the cops come, I'm not home, and run into the bedroom and leave us to be figuring out what oh to God. do, you know? So, yeah, no, it was, a, it, was, it was a hard place to grow up, but not as hard as so many people have, so I'm really grateful for But you certainly have dedicated things. your life to helping those who, you know, I mean, and now it makes sense. Yeah. It does make sense. It does, you know, because I identify with the underdog. Mm-hmm. I identify with the people who are being discriminated against. I identify with those people who have the power, the authorities coming down on them all the time, and it pisses me off. I mean, it didn't take me too long to understand that that's where where my urge to be on the side of the underdog, on the side of the people that aren't 
that don't have mm-hmm. comes from. Now, you have kids as well, right? I do. Yeah, I have yeah. two and two grandchildren. Wow. Yeah. Are they in the business? Did they go into Not at it? all, thank heaven. Oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> yeah, I am. My son is a uh, an acupuncturist and herbologist. He's where? Uh, in uh, he has a practice in downtown, and he has a practice here in Studio City. Well, I have to get the number. Okay. What's his name? <laughs> right. Mike Farrell is Mike, his name. Oh, you're Michael. kidding. He goes by Michael. Michael Farrell. That's great. I didn't no, know that. I How love wonderful. alternative. Yeah. Well, it's alternative, but for millions of people, it's there's. You know, healthcare. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. my son's an electrical engineer, lives in Portland, Oregon, gave me two wonderful grandkids. And my grown daughter works up at Tree People. She got a, her master's in urban sustainability. Oh, and, good for her. But Hayden wants what we got. She wants the business. And so oh, she's going yeah. out in interviews. Nowadays, you can self submit, you don't even need an agent. She now has an agent, but she goes out and submits her. Her picture and her resume online. That's the way people Oh, my do God. It. I know. Crazy. I know. I'm trying to get her to represent me, too. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> You have an agent, honey. It's a travel agent. He's a travel agent. agent. Exactly. <laughs> um, literally, someone asked me the other day. I was sitting between two, like, big players in Hollywood, you know, and, and uh, they said, so who's your agent? And I had to think. I don't remember. I don't remember. That's oh, isn't that awful? That's horrifying. But you have one son and you have... My daughter is in development at Public Counsel, which is the largest pro bono law firm in the country. Well, she did follow in your footsteps. She is. She's just a terrific young woman. And she has... Uh, my son has a son and my daughter has a daughter. So I have one of each. Oh, uh, that's great. Six-year-old son and a three-year-old grandson and a three-year-old granddaughter. Oh, that's super. That's Our grandkids great. Oh, here's man. my favorite move, though. It's this move right here. I think he needs a changing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all that was so they were raised in a very liberal, conscientious. I would say, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Probably maybe too much. <laughs> you know, my dad never told me he told me he loved me, so I made sure my kids know that I loved them. Oh. And I, you know, I just, I, I probably overdid it, but for me, that's sort of the most important thing there is in the world for yeah, your children absolutely. to know. That I they tell are. my kids every day. I'm, yeah. Yeah. No. One thing we do, my daughter and I have go at it a lot and, uh, but she's 17 and I guess I'm, you know, feel like I'm 17 sometimes, but I, we do always end with, I love you. Yeah. Good. We always end good. with, I love uh, you. Good for you. Yeah. I like to kill we you. We even but say I, it to we do each too. other once in a we while. We do. You know, my dad came from a uh, alcoholic home and so he never heard it. Mm-hmm. So he made it a point of telling me, Oh, you know, not good. And so we do make that because it just neutralizes any problem. I mean, it doesn't, you can't do it as a Band-Aid. I mean, no, there's real problems, but sure. nonetheless, sure. you know. Yeah. So your activism now, do you feel like you're slowing down or do you just feel like, how does it feel? What is up for you these days? No, God, there's so much going on in the world and there's so much need. I'm speaking tonight up in Ojai to the Great. Theosophical Society. Oh, yes, I've heard of them. I had too, but I had to what look it up to figure mean? out who I was talking to. <laughs> Um, but they, they seem to be a very peace-loving, integrative uh, organization, so it'll be interesting to hear what they Are what they, they in think. Upper Ojai or down in the main part of Ojai? Do you They're, remember? No, I don't know. Uh, they it's a lovely the community. Yeah, I lived there terrific. for a while. Oh, did you? Yeah, 84th yeah. or 88. I loved it there. Yeah, beautiful place. Now, um, do you, you're still acting. Still acting. is Anytime anybody gives me a job, you know, at least one I want to do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, well, you look fabulous. Well, and how you. do you how thank do you, you keep your your physicality your your life? I mean, you have a, a, a son who's an acupuncturist. Right, he helps. 
Does yeah. he? Yeah. Do oh, you yeah. really He's partake in good? Herbs and sure, all the good stuff. Yeah. And I've been a vegan for 10 years and a f- vegetarian for 35 years before that. So. Oh, you too. I swear. Yeah, to see? A Look vegan? how good he looks, honey. Yeah. And is Shelly a vegan too? No. Yay, Shelly. <laughs> She's not a you vegan. You know, I'm, but I, I am. my nickname Shelly. So is it? Oh, I'm no Shelly. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's She's my, my Shelly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she eats like whatever or? Well, no, she's good about what she eats. Yeah, she's, yeah she's good with what she eats too. Yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't eat much in the way of meat. Everyone's poultry sometimes. She doesn't like fish anymore. She's, mm-hmm. So it's mostly vegetables and fruit Yeah. with some sugar on the side. <laughs> I know, we do like our sugar. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of uh, conditioning, I swim. I try to swim every day. You do? Yeah. You have a pool, right? Yeah. I, we, we have a pool. We put in a pool. But, I see. And it's a nice lap pool, but now we have to have it heated. See, it's uh, not yeah. heated. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, no, it's, it's, you need some need a little warmth to get cool, warm. man, this so time of the year. We have room up on the roof for some solar thermal panels, and I'm going to put them up there. And You're you going to have, have a warm like, pool coming soon. I honey. do? Coming in a few months. Okay, good. Good for you. Yeah. And do you have a garden or any of that? Do you do I any? don't. No, I'm not but a But we have a lot of lettuce, and please take some. Okay. <laughs> Thank we you. We do. Ton. We have delicious lettuce, oh, great. organic, great. tasty lettuce. Wonderful. I'll give yeah. you a bag. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But I definitely want your son's uh, information. Okay. But, uh, you know, I think being interested is really important in life, oh, isn't yeah. it? Oh, boy. I mean, Absolutely. what keeps you young and healthy? Sure. And, Sure. It's just being interested and caring and concerned. And so it, where can people find out about you? I mean, we know you're, do you, you know, tweet? <laughs> the, the, there used to be a website where people could find out whatever they needed to know. And it went away, I guess, when uh, Yahoo was sold. Uh, mm. the, the woman who ran it mm-hmm. for many years um, is, is in the Netherlands. Mm. She's the one who originally contacted me. She said, do you mind if I do this? And I said, no, as long as you know, right. I can approve of the things you say, yeah, <laughs> the right. things you put up. And she was fabulous. She did this wonderful thing. But it's gone. And she stopped doing it a few years ago, and I really haven't attended to it. And now I suppose they just decided it's a relic of the past. Right. So where people can find out? I, I guess not I Facebook then, huh? Not Facebook. <laughs> um, not on any it's of those things. But De- Death Penalty Focus has a website, and they... Uh, at least print some of the some of the things I write and say and things. Well, I would love to hear what you have to say about things. So oh, well, that's nice. Learn Thank to you. tweet. What about me? Would you <laughs> no, like no, to hear what I, I, I have, have to say about anything? Way too much. By hearing about what you have to say, boy, you can, I can only imagine what mm. um, if you were well. You probably you wouldn't get anything done if you list, read all the tweets that are going on right no, now. No, I'm not. I, I, I read about the president's yes. tweets. <laughs> it's the, a blessing. The poor man. He uh, worries me. Well, he worries all of us. Yeah, yes, no, I'm, I, I mean, I worry about his state of mind. Me too. I worry yeah. about his state of mind yeah. daily. Yeah. I worry about our planet. Well, that's that's <laughs> why you yeah. worry sure. because that's I the know. state of mind. They're cutting But you back know what? On We're doing all the it. Funding for the uh, NOAA and for the global I know. warming. No more satellite uh, data oh, coming a, from NOAA. Just incredibly stupid. It's just unbelievably, and it's all it's unnecessary. It's I mean, unnecessary. It's it's. Mm retrogressive. He, I don't understand. Well, I do understand. He's, he's got those people whispering in his ear. Mm-hmm. People with... This uh, is what's going to make things prosperous again. When the fact is what we've done in California by raising the taxes on the wealthiest and having 
good environmental laws. Look at how well we're doing. Oh, yes. California's doing well. The states that are doing poorly are Louisiana and Kansas, where they lower taxes on the wealthiest. Big mm -hmm. shock. The school's in trouble. The state's in trouble. And uh, we're doing it right here, and we need to be a model for the nation environmentally in many ways. Yeah, oh, I quite agree. And kudos to you, Ed, in particular, and you, Rochelle, and uh, those people who are out there telling people about that and doing this kind of thing. Well, that's you... the thing. You, you know, you feel so powerless with what's yeah. going on in the world. What can we do? And that's why, you know, you are an author. You did write a book, a I memoir. did, yes. Two, actually. Will you tell us? Call Me Mike is one, right? Just Call Me Mike. Just yeah. Call Me Mike. Just it's a lovely book. I read it. Oh, Very thank you. Very good. Thank yes. You. Yeah. And it, you, that's, that's a way people can learn if they want to well, learn about yeah, that. Well, yeah. A life of an activist, actor. Yeah. yeah. I often say I'm not fond of the term activist only because I think it allows people to put you in a pigeonhole. Oh, okay. Hole, you know? Yeah. Just human being. I, I, I like citizen. <laughs> citizen. citizen. Yeah. Right. I like oh, no, that wait. too. Well, you're yes. a good citizen, Mike. You I try are to be. Indeed. I try to be. And I think that there are certain responsibilities inherent in being a citizen. I think so too. I think we really have to know what we're about. It's, you know, Jefferson said the power of this country is in a, an involved and informed electorate. Correct. And we have, unfortunately, a very uninvolved and uninformed electorate. And that's why we have the situation we have today. Right. You know, for people, you know, like me, I suppose, or anyone, I've, you know, how do you start? How, what is your advice for getting involved? You know, I know you don't like the word activism per se, but... No, being activism a, is good. I just don't want to be activist. labeled as something right. that, you know, people can Citizen. say, oh, I'm not one of those. Right, exactly. Um, no, activism is important, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you start by reading. Um, reading, reading, reading. Books are out there, but even it's easier. Today we have this extraordinary thing called Google. Right. And you can just look up... If you're interested in... You have the, the slightest interest in a particular subject... Look it up, and what you will find will bend your mind and give you ideas about where to go, who to talk to. If you have interests in certain areas, there are organizations, organizations concerned with the environment, organizations concerned with social justice, organizations concerned with refugees. I can name some of them if you'd like. But name them, you know, please do. Well, you, you, we all know about Amnesty International. Wonderful we all, organization. Sure, we all know about Greenpeace. We all know about uh, Human Rights Watch. We all know about Concern, the organization I mentioned earlier. I didn't um, know about Concern. Well, okay. Uh, Concern is a, a refugee aid and development organization. Mm. It's based here in Santa Ana, California, the primary sanctuary city in California. Really? Yes, indeed. Uh, avowedly so. I mm -hmm. mean, their city council has made it clear they are not going to cooperate with the right. anti-refugee thesis that's going on out of Washington. I don't. I don't mean to limit it to you know environment and social justice, but the, those are two pretty big categories. Yeah. But otherwise, there are things about children. I mean, you Planned can learn Parenthood. Absolutely, women's rights. Mm -hmm. uh, the, right. The understanding what Black Lives why Black Lives Matter exists, right. and then what Black Lives Matter is, as opposed to what they tell you it is. Uh, understanding, uh, I work with the Muslim Public Affairs Committee, which is a, an extraordinary group, um, now being targeted by this administration. Um, you know, there are so many areas that are available to us if we just sort of open ourselves to the possibility. Right. Ask people. Read. Go to web to, to the web and, and look up. I will put a plug in for podcasts because it is a this new thing called technology, which I came very late to the party, 
But great idea. Because I am one of those I am dyslexic and so reading was never really ah, an option okay. for me. It was like, oh, please don't make me read. Ironic, I was an actor. I am an actress. I should say that. I am still Ed, looking at me. <laughs> I like, didn't really? say Really? Are word. you still <laughs> acting? But I I really get a lot of my information from listening. So NPR mm. is very important to oh, me. Oh, absolutely. And so podcasts, so if someone sees your name or they, they see names that they're interested in, they'll listen and there's, you know, it's a whole and, new and, world. And how do they see the name? Is there a listing of podcasts? Is there some way that there you is. go to iTunes and they have uh, categories there and they have the top 10, top 100 and... You can search by categories, environment. Oh, that's interesting. What you're interested in. Uh-huh. And, you know, someone might just be interested in MASH, and they'll sure. hear a whole sure. world that they sure. didn't even know anything about. That's but you've been great for years for your theory that you're not uh, expert technologically. Some of the best emails I get, some of the best data I get through email is coming from you for over a decade now, for 15 years. You've been forwarding some of the best oh, stuff good. that I get is from good. you. When I see Thanks. something from you, I know it's worth reading. Thank you. That's very nice. Yeah, I, I started doing that a long time ago, and uh, it's just become kind of a habit now that I... It's a good for, habit. Yeah. Your friends rely on it. Thank you. See, I know you can get that iPhone. Anyway, well, we won't keep you any longer. You were awesome. Oh, thank you. We love you, Mike Farrell. Yeah, well, you, you are. are thank you, you are. for coming thank to you. our sure, home. It's Truly, been a pleasure. Uh, a gym. What is the word? Uh, citizen, but a national treasure. Oh, That's nice. It. Thank you. National treasure. <laughs> there are those who disagree. Yes, and they, <laughs> they, they we love you. We disagree with them on many things. <laughs> thank I'm you. Yes. Sure. Yeah. But oh, we got love... some lettuce for you. We've got a meal, a vegan meal cool. prepared. Yes. If you want a little snack. Cool. And uh, we're just so grateful, Mike, for all that you do every day and for coming by to talk about it today. We're happy us. to come back anytime. Yes. Let me know. That's right. You yeah. got a deal. Okay. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Mike, it's been an honor talking with you. Thank you for joining us. We want to emphasize some of the main takeaways from this conversation. Get involved. It's not extra credit to do the kinds of things you do. You're not an activist. You're a citizen. Citizens should remain involved with their government, with all the things in their community. So get involved. Do something. Work with some of the fine groups that we mentioned here today, and there's many others. So get out there and do something. Yes, and Mike is a great example of staying interested. He's interested in people. He's interested in life. He's always thinks that, that, that something can be bettered. And that is, was my biggest takeaway today. And he swims every day. So being physically active was really important too. That's all for this episode. Remember to subscribe to Begley-esque on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And be sure to give us a rating and a review. It really helps out. Do a little, do a lot. Just do something today and tell us what you did. Thank you to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer, Emma Kikuchi. This podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info and advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. Have a great week, everyone, and thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye.